The following podcast contains uncensored coarse language. Listeners are advised that some of the following content may not be appropriate for those under 15 years of age. Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, we are watching Blazing Saddles, because it is turning 50 years old. That's right, the day that this episode comes out is its 50th anniversary of release. Oh, wow. Very, very exciting. Um, And long-term listeners of the program will know, I've been looking forward to this one for a very long time. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, joining me, as always, we have two special guests. But, in honour of the late, great Carl Weathers, uh, I'm going to introduce them in this way. First of all, our guest who has not seen the program, Tegan Mulvaney, you son of a bitch! (laughs) I used to have a mug with that on it, and when you put the hot water in, the hands clasped together. Oh, I miss it so much. Hi! Hello! Poor Carl Weathers. I know. What a legend. I know. Just, just, I only found out today, and it's been a couple of days since it happened. I know. And it's just like, oh no, that's... Uh, He's one of those actors that you just kind of go, we're already off topic. Uh, But he's one of those actors that you you just go, oh, not that one. Not that guy. Not that guy. Yeah. He was one of the men from The Mandalorian. Like, oh no. Well, I just, he was that and he was, when we said Rocky, I was like, we've already watched Predator. What else? But there's a whole list of. Yeah, so many great things. Yeah, you just forget he's in all these beautiful films. Um, Other than mourning the loss of Carl Weathers, though, (laughs) how are you? I'm good. No Coke's going well. Uh, yes, yep. she says drinking a can of full fat Coke. <laughs> but um, but but as as we talked about off mic, uh, moderation is perhaps better than prohibition. I think so. You've got to have a little bit. Always, yes. yeah, always. Yeah. As somebody with food intolerances, yes, mm. I agree. Yes. Now, Tegan, yeah, you have not seen Blazing Saddles, no. which shocked me it's... to no end. <laughs> yeah, My I'm jaw did the well. dropping to the floor <laughs> and then rolling and roll back, up. back up again. Yeah, because of. All the people who I know, and particularly the people who are on this program, if you asked, if you put a gun to my head and said, who has seen Blazing Saddles, you would have been in the top five of that list for me. I just haven't. How? How? I don't know. It Maybe, you know, when you get to know, you know so much about a film and then mm. you don't realise, you realise you haven't seen it. Mm. That's I think that's just what's happened. Yeah. I know heaps of the trivia about it. I know, I, obviously it's Madeleine Kahn and like it's people that I adore and... Mm. Um, I guess admire like base my humor and my performance styles on mm. all those people. Mel Brooks. Maybe I just stopped at Spaceballs. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> Maybe could be. Well, ho- uh, hopefully, uh, we'll, we'll, you'll have a fuller understanding. By the I end cannot of this wait. I do worry that we're going to get cancelled if I if I well I might get cancelled if I laugh at things I'm not supposed to laugh at anymore. Well. We'll find out. It's probably going to happen. It's her 51st and final appearance, perhaps. <laughs> uh, and joining us as our guest who has seen the film, Dr. Ellen Sears, you son of a bitch. Hi, Stephen. How are you? Uh, good. Very pregnant. Yes, yes. Uh, just checking the calendar. Uh, 30 weeks. Yep. As of the recording. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. So we're getting there. So, yes. It's um, going to look like a real baby and not a weird thing with a tail and seven feet. Only two, Gills. as far as I'm aware. Oh, but, good, good, uh, good. So yeah. they're twins. No, no definitely no, not no, twins. Just, just the one. Unless unless the other one's hiding really well. They unless would have to be this hiding one really ate really the well. other one. Well, could be. I mean, Stephen's yeah. sister 
apparently did apparently that. did like my sister absorb her twin my yeah. sister is a, and and it came back it comes back it, it came back as a gill in her neck oh she had to really? get it cut out yeah <gasps> wow yeah it's fish, pretty cool fish sister yeah that's whack fishter fishter <laughs> i love that <laughs> Ah, yeah. maybe that maybe that's how Kate Mulvaney made it. She's just got an extra breath hole. She yeah, can... just down here. Yeah, just down here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one whispers the the lines the to lines. her. <laughs> we figured it out. Excellent. The secret of the, of success. Gills oh. in the neck. Uh, Doctor Ellen says, yeah. um, "You have seen Blazing Saddles. I have seen Blazing Saddles a few times. Um, in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way, what's this film about? Um." <laughs> Pyromaniac. Mel, a... Mel, Mel Brooks ruins the Western forever in the best possible way. Mm. Yeah, that's a pretty good way of summing <laughs> it up. That's excellent. Yeah. That sounds like something that would be on a title, on a poster. Yeah. Card. Coming yeah. soon, Mel Brooks ruins the Western in the best possible way. <laughs> it's interesting because like, th- uh, th- this wasn't my first Mel Brooks film because my first one was uh, Men in Tights, which is still a perennial favorite of mm. mine. Um, and obviously I've seen Spaceballs on the podcast. Mm. Um, but I don't think I watched Blazing Saddles until I was probably in my like late teens, early twenties, because my mm. dad was like, "You should watch this," and I was like, "Okay." And I sort of sat down and watched it. And went, "Oh, this is funny. This is great." And it's obviously one of your favorite films, so mm. we've watched it a bunch of times together over yeah. the years. Um, I full disclosure, I love Mel Brooks. I love pretty much all of his films. That the ones that I've seen, there are still a couple I haven't got to yet. Which ones? Um, High Anxiety is probably the big one. Have you seen the original oh, producers? I haven't seen that. Once, uh, a long time ago. Um, I do need I to. I have not. Have you seen Silent Movie? Uh, yes. Uh, I like that one. But it's been a while since I've seen Silent yeah. Movie. Um, but, but for me, I think my introduction to Mel Brooks was History of the World Part 1. Yes. Which, bless Excuse you. Me. Bless you. Mm-hmm. My son, Archu. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that's... That was the gateway drug for me. And yeah. then I would have been about 13, I think. And Blazing Saddles followed shortly afterwards. Spaceballs is my gateway drug to yep. to Mel Brooks. Um, and then Men in Tights, we are right in that age bracket who would mm. have just yeah. eaten that shit up. And then it was Young Frankenstein. I watched all of those ones, even yeah. the weird obscure ones, but not Blazing Saddles. And I was like, I wonder if, because it was well known, I was like, I'll leave that till the end. But then we never got to the end. No. But now here we are. Now here we are. So, well, with all that being said, shall we watch Blazing Saddles? Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. For those of you listening at home, pop on those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and get me rustlers, cutthroats, murderers, bounty hunters, desperados, mugs, pugs, thugs, nitwits, halfwits, dimwits, vipers, snipers, conmen, Indian agents, Mexican bandits, muggers, buggerers, bushwhackers, hornswagglers, horse thieves, bull dykes, drain robbers, bank robbers, ass kickers, shit kickers, and methodists. As we watch Blazing Saddles. Your neighbours are going to be so worried. (laughs) Sorry, can you just say that again so I can write that down? (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Blazing Saddles. And by we, I of course mean Dr. Ellen Sears. Hello. And Tegan Mulvaney. Baroness Tegan Baroness Mulvaney. Tegan Mulvaney. Um, <laughs> Baroness Tegan. Uh, this was yes. your first time watching Placing Saddles. Yes. Uh, what did you think? It was great. Mm. <laughs> it, that was the quickest 90 minutes ever. Yeah. Mm. Wasn't it just? It really it, is. It goes along in a decent clip. Considering how dry that film is, like it's very dry. The humour mm. is very dry. Um, 
you, you know, you, there's nothing lags. It doesn't lag at all. No. no. I don't think for one minute I went, mm, okay, next joke. No, never, never, yeah. never, never. It's just constantly ramping. It's yeah. just constantly like one-upping itself to the point that then it just goes into complete farce. And yeah. it's just beautiful. There isn't like a skerrick of fat on it. Like, no. Like, there's, there's, there's very little that I think you could cut from that film. Yeah, I can't. Um, and, and, and it almost feels like there was more in it that has been cut back. I, yeah, don't, I it, don't think you get something that tight without making something that's bigger and then pulling it back. Yeah. Because you can see moments of just where they've played with each other. Mm. So they've had to kill their babies. <laughs> We're mm. talking about babies a lot yeah. today. But, but that's what they talk about when you write a script or play. Yeah, you kill your darlings. Yeah, you kill your darlings. Yeah, kill your babies. Yeah, where, yeah. where you... There must be cutting room floor. It'd be like Spinal Tap as well, where the mm. cutting room floor is must covered. Must be amazing. With, yeah, just so as, much stuff. Yeah, exactly. Just as much gold yeah. as there is in the film. Yeah, if not more. And there's um, a couple of really nice, like, mm. improvisatory moments that obviously made it into the final mm. cut. Which, when you, as we get further along, I'm sure mm. we'll go into some of them as well. Yeah, the thing the thing that really struck me watching it this time, because um, I've watched this film a lot, because it is, and I think still is, my favourite comedy film ever made because of just how well crafted it is for, for me the thing that struck me this time is the number of really great partnerships in that yeah. film like there's a lot of scenes with two actors and working really well together obviously Cleveland Little and Gene Wilder as our heroes get a lot of time They're together wonderful. and they have a beautiful partnership but um Harvey Corman and Mel Brooks oh, such a good uh, they're only really together at the start of the film but they're brilliant harvey corman and slim pickens yeah uh, slim pickens and lyle the little cherry yes. cowboy with the squint um you know there's there's lots of great double act stuff that's happening yeah um that just is just fabulous but and you see different spectrums of characterization as well like there's mm. they play the truth in every scene which is mm. something i love in comedy when yeah. it's stupidly ridiculous mm. but people are playing it for the truth yeah but then you get the Mel Brooks, Harvey Corman scene with the the governor mm. and and <laughs> Headley. Headley, uh, Headley, Headley, Headley. <laughs> and that's a scene of that is purely a straight man, um, uh, funny man scene. Yeah, you know that's a Lena and Woodley or a Laurel and Hardy sort of setup. Mm. But it yeah. works so well. Yeah, the thing again because I've watched this a few times. The thing that really stands out for me in that double act is just the moment they look at each other and go, mm, and then just carry on. <laughs> it makes no sense. You wouldn't script that. It doesn't make sense. But it's it was done in the moment. Funny. Yeah. That's where you, maybe it's yeah. an improv yeah. brain. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we play it. You've seen a million hours of it. So much <laughs> as improv. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and carry yourself because we, I mean, we work together as well, and, and yeah, improv yeah. is a huge part of that. So yeah. we've all got that kind of brain. Mm. Uh, you just see those moments and you go, oh, oh that they're, would... they're playing. Yep, they're and playing that was found on set. so fun. Exactly, and it's mm. it's quite joyous to be on the outside looking mm. in. And being and, like, I've done that. I've seen yeah, people do that. But even looking, because that's, you know, 50 years ago, yeah. seeing people do that. It's hev- I, I knew it was political. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise it was this it's brilliantly really political. really political. Yeah. And really political in a way that you sort of start off like, oh, and then by the end of it, you're like, oh, brilliant yeah and this we, is brilliant the, satire the, holy there is, crap there is a lot to unpack with blazing saddles so which much. is i think again partly why it fascinates me so much yeah. because yeah because it is about race politics yeah. and it's yeah, about colonialism 
And it's also about and it's about pants dropping humor, like yeah. Like it, and it's mm. and it's about the Hollywood system and the mm. fact that westerns were so freaking yeah. white, and we and the old west yeah. was not. Yeah, mm. and, and we will get to all of those areas. Oh yeah, but let's just do a little breakdown of what this film is about. Sure, because there is a plot, and the plot of the film is um, the town of Rockridge is in the way of some some train line that's being put down. And um, Hedy Lamar, Hedley, Hedley, Hedley. Um, is, wants to get rid of the town of Rockridge so that they can build a railway through it. Yeah. And then but, he can get lots of money mm. and be super rich. Now, they've tried to raid the town. The townsfolk are like, no, we're ignorant, stubborn <laughs> Western <laughs> people. We ain't moving. And so he comes up with the rather ingenious plan of getting the first black sheriff. Um, he takes uh, Bart off death row. He's about to be hung. Um, After they, the horse yeah. and the man. Yes. yes. They said you the was hung the and they is right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and Bart is made sheriff, the townspeople. <laughs> Sorry, I just got that joke. Um, <laughs> it's the, kind of, it's the yeah. kind of film where you watch it back. Yeah. And yeah. you watch it back the, and every time you, d- you yeah. see a new thing or you hear a new thing and you're like, yeah. oh, that's brilliant. The, the, Sorry. The, oh, damn. I... I We'll not interrupt you again no, no, no. with <laughs> no. this thing, but that jo- I'm like, of course it's that joke. I think it was just such a beautiful moment of genuine love for each other with those with the brothers, mm. so seeing yeah. each other again. Yeah. It went over my head at that time because I was like, yes, yeah, but, the, but, this, but this is the thing. Like again, I, I I found some new jokes, some new moments in this film, and I know people say it's a sort of film you can watch twenty times and times and find something new and i usually think that's wrong i usually yeah. think no five or six times is enough but you actually do this film genuinely i have seen at least i would say a dozen times yes and there was new stuff like all stuff that just hadn't registered with me yes um when when um the fellow that was in all the sondheim films your favorite yes uh, van johnson yes when his belt fell down i'd never i'd never spotted that before i'd never yep. seen that he's made a point he's like this guy's right and then hey. his belt falls down that him just looking around mm. trying to get approval from yeah. people in that scene was just... I'm like, that's genius. Yeah. No one has told him to do that. Mm. He is just committed to that character. Yeah. No one is even looking at him mm. or caring. And no. g- genuinely beautiful guys. Like, yeah? Mm. Yeah? Can I have some Can I, Can I? I have some approval? I yeah, love that. It's fantastic. So Bart is made sheriff. The townspeople are racist. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're all white. They don't like uh, having a black sheriff. Um, and... Uh, Bart wins over the town by taking on all the various things that the villains are throwing at them. And eventually they, you know, he, he, he has a duel with the villain and saves the day. But, but just to explain it like that feels very disingenuous to the experience <laughs> of watching this film. And if you have gotten this far into the program and you haven't watched Blazing Saddles, it's at this point that I say, go away. Yes. Actively. Go away and watch the film mm. before coming back yes, in. Yes, it's very important that you do for this one. Sometimes yeah. it's not important. Yeah. This, this one, this one, this it, one is. it is. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get to why as we go on. Yeah. Mm. So we'll just leave dead air yep. for the next 23, you know, 73 minutes yep. or however long we've been going for. Yeah. We'll leave that for you. Okay. Okay. Here we go. I'll sip my tea. Mm. This will be an ASMR for now. Mm. <laughs> And you're back. Well and done. Okay. Well done. Um, so, <laughs> it's it's there's there's so much to unpack with it, but I think the, one of the things that we should talk about is just how strong the ensemble is. Yeah. So um, good. all the great comedy films have got great ensembles. Clue, I think, is a film which yes. has one of the best ensembles. Yes. Uh, and also has Madeline Kahn. And also has Madeline Kahn. Yeah. 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 Um, but 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 you look at 
this film and just the fact that I don't think there's anyone where you go, oh, what are they doing here? Mm. It, it's like Van Johnson. Yeah, he's doing a lot with very little. Yeah. He, he, he's literally just a character that says, this man is right. Like, that's basically it. But then he's in the background of every, of a lot of scenes. Mm. So they just let him do his thing. Yeah. But all of the background cast as well. Mm. They're always doing stuff. Yeah. 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 They, it looks like you can tell there's mm. been an encouragement. It looks like a joyous set to be yeah. on. Like yeah. there's the, fun like, being had. The priest. Always, oh, so funny. Always, like I, I always look forward to seeing what he does because he's just really honest. Just, yeah, I'm leaving. Like yeah. <laughs> you're on your own. Yeah, kid. Or, like. or, yeah. Or the little old lady who is really racist, but is also the one that's getting beat up in the opening sequence. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, yeah. they only have a couple of lines. They only have a couple of shots in a few scenes spread out over the film, but they just build a really memorable You have such a clear picture of who they all are. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it really helps that then when your main cast are all... It helps with their performances. It helps make everything seem believable and what is a farce. But it also sets it up really clearly that who these characters are and also a sense that this is a film that's been made for fun. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is really important when we start to talk about all of the things that are discussed that have to do with racism, to do with capitalism and those other It areas. makes this really interesting conundrum because they're not the nicest people mm. but they are genuinely rounded characters that you you find yourself advocating for the people that mm. you wouldn't normally advocate for but but i guess that comes from as soon as you see the shift in their character you're like i oh, think it, it's nice it's like mm. almost a relief of yep. going good because i i want you to win but i also want you to learn mm. that mm. what you are is a bit heinous right now mm. So, Cleavon Little as Bart. Icon. It's, has there been a more likable lead in any film? I, I can't really think of it off the top of my head right now. He's just... He just turns up, mm. sings incredibly, just... And mm. then from there, it just keeps going up. Yeah. Like, he's just great. I, I don't know if it's... I mean, it's probably partly because they do a literal Looney Tunes sequence in this, but he <laughs> does feel quite Bugs Bunny-like. Yeah. Yeah. Where it, nothing very phases jammy, him. Very jammy, very lucky. Yeah. No, well, I shouldn't say nothing phases him. Racism phases him, because we have him being phased by by being openly told, up yours N-word, um, yes. in, in the street by the little old lady. But, but in terms of the fun of the film, the fun stuff, you know, Mongo, this big bad guy coming to town, building an entire fake town, all, all of the various things that they do. Yeah, it is a bit, no, road, that is a bit road runner, isn't it? Yeah, but none of that phases him. No. Which, which again, I think makes it more impactful when he is phased by the thing that you would encounter in the real world, which is racism. Yeah. You're, not, you're never going to have to fight Mongo in the real world. You're never going to have to... Most of us aren't going to be seduced by a Madeleine Kahn figure. and I would. I mean, we, we all would. We know that. <laughs> uh, but but the thing is, like, he, he played it off so cool and, you know, yes. just, just, just nothing phased him. But then to have that character be phased by open racism in the street and going, oh. And it's also yeah. a, a little old woman who you would... It's the kindest, most gentlest person you would expect. Like mm. she was getting beaten up earlier in the That's thing. Like, right. oh, yeah. the humanity. Like, yeah. can you, and the can fact you that believe he's it? There yeah. To do something that she to really help needs, her. and yeah. she's still openly racist in the yeah. street to him. It's it's incredible, and yeah. and that is one of the reasons why I think this film is incredible. There's a lot of discussion around Blazing Saddles. The main thing is, is you couldn't make Blazing Saddles today. And it's which, no, you wouldn't. Well, you wouldn't. But, but you don't also, need to. Well, well, they already made it. <laughs> well, one, yeah, they've already made it. Yeah. But mm. but also, what uh, I think the other thing that is really remarkable about this film 
is it has a reputation for being um, highly inappropriate and using... Yeah, it, it uses the N-word openly and almost every character it uses, uses a lot of racial slurs. But also like um the the the, the homophobic, sl- yeah, slurs. homophobic yeah. slurs. There's and, a like, lot of slurs in this. It's it's the second Mel Brooks film that I can think of where Dom DeLuise says, Okay, F words <laughs> when referring to homosexual <laughs> the men. Muppet movie? Uh, <laughs> no, that's not a Mel Brooks film. He did it oh, in true, hi- true. Yeah. And well, that's the thing. in History of the World Part One, he uses right. it as well. Yeah, um, and that's the thing. I yeah. think that if, if if that's all that you think this film is, mm. then I can understand why people would be like, "Oh no, like mm. I'm not I'm not for this." Like they use all these slurs, like slurs mm. are bad. We shouldn't use slurs, blah blah blah. But it's contextual and within the mm. whole context of the film. Yeah, and the whole point is, is that partially the reason that they're using them is it's it's like this is actually a bad thing, and they're not yeah. like knocking it over, knocking you over the head with it. It's mm. not like this. Uh, the didactic is mm. like. But it's made very clear that the yeah. people who are using these slurs are horrible, awful people. This is where, co- like, when it comes to comedy, it scares me that we might lose um, this sense of humour, this yeah. sort of humour, because, you know, Mel Brooks, I mean, the, the, produ- the producer is his first film, isn't it? In 1960, um, yeah, I think that's his first one. It was certainly his first big success because yes. that was 68. And it's a complete, you know, it's him. He, he talks about it openly. If you can't, mm. I, have to, I have to ridicule Hitler and I have to ridicule the Nazis because mm. of the trauma that has occurred in my, you know, for people of my heritage and of my culture and of mm. my religion. Yeah. And the persecutions that happened. So he said the best ammunition we've got and the best weapon against that is ridicule mm. and parody and satire. And I get so scared that we're going to lose that yeah. because there's a fear of mm. being cancelled. Here, here's where I'm going to sound like a really old woman mm. about like the looking at canc- cancellation of people, things like that. I just I worry when you look at something like Blazing Saddles that people lump that into the same box as, say, Chris Lilly doing something, yeah. and I go, it's different. Surely you can see the nuances. I just want people to look at the nuances mm. of these Mel Brooks yeah. films and ideas. Even in the Muppet movie, mm. he's playing a German Nazi scientist because, mm. and he picked that. Yeah, like yeah, you know, he was like, I'm. It, it's his job. He's always going to do it when he. When he is the Native American chief, mm. it makes sense why he's done that. Yeah. Because it's like you said, it's about the the whitewashing of the Westerns that we yeah. that people grew up on. And it's mm. like, he doesn't have to say it. He does it to show it. Yeah. It reminded me, when that came up, it reminded me of Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Mm. With Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. yeah. We did Be- that on the podcast. I was on that one. I... I was thinking about that film the other day. Mm. Maybe it was lead in the lead up to this of going, yeah. well, um, what are we going to see? And yeah, what do we see mm. nowadays? And that's the only one I can kind of think of where he kind of got off easy mm. after that. But maybe but, now, if that, if Tropic Thunder was made now, mm. what would the politics be around something like that as well? Yeah. Mm. And I think I, I, it's quite interesting. Tropic Thunder is a really interesting one to compare it to because I feel as though... We, we often talk about it in the sense of, oh, they got away with it. Well, the, I mean, the whole point of... But there was a point to that, it. Yeah, that yeah. character that It was that deliberately trying to highlight a specific thing. Yeah. An issue, yeah. 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 And, yeah. Yeah, and it was something that... For me, Tropic Thunder didn't really work in terms of... 
I didn't think it was that funny. Same. And it's not my favorite film. No. I yeah. But 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 I didn't find. And then again, you know, uh, this is. I really need a jingle where I can just press that says these are three white people talking about racism. Yes. Uh, but yeah, we are three Caucasian people. Yes. Uh, you know, we we will feel differently about this than other people around the world. Yes. But from our perspective, as people who, um, uh, I think it's fair to say. Are, are unlikely to be members of the clan or any nation first things. <laughs> Absolutely. Our, our, view, our viewpoint is, uh, hey, people are fine. Doesn't matter what their skin color is. It's, it's the, I think the difference between something like Tropic Thunder and the difference between that and Blazing Saddles is Tropic Thunder was not that funny, but the point of what they were doing with the character that Robert Downey Jr. was playing. Yes. I think still came across. It still I do trans- too. Yeah, it, it was the strongest yeah. part of that film. It was the most intelligent mm. joke Commentary. in the film. Yeah, yeah com- exactly. Commentary. Yeah. Yeah. And this one is. This is complete commentary, mm. right? Yeah. Like social commentary from yeah. beginning to end, mm. with some dumb jokes thrown in, and it just it's it's Python esque in that it's way. Very Python esque, but it's more. I was going to say more better because grammatically mm. I'm fantastic. It, it has. Um, Python doesn't, they steered away from that. And they, you know, they're a bit more on the nose. They're very much on the nose when it comes to these things. But this one, it's like, you've got the Python stupidity, but then with a really intelligent Mm. look at... Really intelligent commentary. how to use Uh, that. Which is something that he does a lot with. I always think think with the, the Pythons, their whole sort of mission statement is, isn't everything in the world silly? Yes. Whereas with Mel Brooks, I think it is isn't racism silly yes. or isn't persecution this thing silly yeah. and the fact is is even us irish gotta go yeah <laughs> isn't, isn't the persecution of minorities just kind of dumb yeah. yeah isn't it just dumb and the whole, yeah. the whole why are we so stupid yeah why are humans so stupid and the, the, the thing that i think is done really well is all the characters that are openly hostile and racist either have a change of views or get comeuppance yeah and it's you know the the, the townsfolk uh of rock ridge um, who are all depicted as being inbred country bumpkins? Yeah. Like literally, everyone's last name is Johnson. Yes, they're all related <laughs> they're to each other. Back. Yeah, so that whole scene where it's like yeah. Howard Johnson is right. Yeah, it's so clever. Thank you, Doctor Johnson. Like, but even so, in the ba- like yeah. the yeah, yeah, Hall yeah, yeah, of yeah, Fame yeah. or the, yeah. the Hall of Governors or whatever was Johnson, 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 Johnson. Yeah, yeah. they're, they're yeah. all shown to be like a particular stereotype of white people, Midwest yeah. American, the Midwest. Yeah, but and you know, but they do come around to the idea of working with the railroad work workers who are Chinese or African-American largely. But not Irish. Um, yeah, but they even have that thing where it says, oh. all right, we'll take the N-words and the CH-words, but yes. we won't take the Irish. And then he goes, oh, okay, everyone's... Everyone's welcome. Okay. ...kind of thing. <laughs> like, the, the thing is, what I like is it's not as though everyone is suddenly not racist, mm. but it's that they have been able to see that racism has robbed them of valuing people for skills other than their yeah. for, for aspects of their life other than their it's scathing color. even the um there's the even in the th- the things that are throwaway lines they mm. mean something there's the yeah. he says well we've killed all the native americans in the area so they're not a, like they even talk through that sort of stuff like yeah. the brutality yeah. of yeah. their and the brazenness of yeah. their piss poor behavior is yeah. um is addressed really cleverly hmm. because of course it's going to be a throwaway line those characters don't yeah. care when, when slim pickens as, as taggart says i can't believe that we killed all of the native americans yes just with a 
sheriff who's got darker skin than them. Yes. And, I'm so depressed. Yeah, and yeah, and he's he's saying it so unironically because that's what this character yes. believes. But you get an actor like Slim Pickens to just play that lovely little bit of nuance, like I'm yes. a cartoon racist villain, and I'm feeling depressed. Yeah, they, yeah. And they don't. It hits right in this sweet spot of comedy. It's mm. not. It's not downplayed, but it's also not turned up to like. Adam Sandler, Will Ferrell, yeah. sort of levels. Ridiculous. It is, yeah. Oh, it yeah. is so. It's ve- it's, there's some pretty mm. serious that's stuff. That's hard. Yeah. That is so hard yeah. to do. And that's why I think this film is so brilliant. And yeah. also, not all the villains are that way because Hedley Lamar is not shown to be engaging in much racist behavior. No. He's using racism to his advantage. His, he's, but his, he's yeah. self-professed evil. What's yeah. that speech he gives at the end yeah. where it's he's like I about he's happy to be evil yeah. and he wants now to be. Now go evil. do that voodoo that you do so well. Like all all that stuff yes. he does. But the thing is is his evil doesn't come from I believe that a certain group of people are better or worse. His comes from... He just wants money. I want everything. I want glory. Yes. I want this. Like you know the fact You've he, got a puppet. This is where yeah. this film resonates today. Mm. And this is again why I I just I would never now especially now seeing it for all its beauty, mm. the Mel Brooks um, governor governor William J. Lepetomay keep wanting to say Warren Zevon, <laughs> but that's not who it is. No, what's his fucking name? Oh, who played um, Headley? Um, oh yeah, God, his name just Cro- escaped me. <laughs> I just want to say Walter Cronkite. No, no, that's Harvey Harvey Corman. Harvey Corman. Why? Why do I want to keep saying these W names? Harvey Corman. That like you've got a dickhead in mm. leadership as yep. well. So he's playing, he's keeping the dickhead in leadership because yeah. he's figured out you don't become a leader to mm. be rich to be and famous empowered. and comfortable yeah. and powerful. Yeah. yeah. So you've he's got his trump. You, you you put some idiot in charge so that you can then yep. leverage that to your advantage. This is the American fucking political system. Sorry yeah. to our US viewers. <laughs> No, well, uh, but I hope not. But I, mean, I hope you're not voting fairness, for him. But it's US ma- listeners. It's many other uh, political systems True. as well. But it's Australia as yeah. well. You could argue it's the UK. It's Boris Johnson. Like yeah. it's all of these things. But because this is an American film, it is reflecting American government very at much the time so. as well. Well, who was their president at the time? Was uh, it LBJ? Uh, I think you'll find it was uh, the changeover from uh, Tricky Dick Nixon. Tricky Dick, yes, yep, over to Gerald Ford. Ah, okay. The man who's most famous for falling downstairs all yes. the time. <laughs> so. Well, they, I mean, that kind of proves it really, doesn't yeah. it? You've got that, that's in that real period of history just before mm. Reagan as well, where you've got, mm. you've got puppets in mm. power and the people, ah, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, and again, the performances are great. I mean, Mel Brooks, you know, sometimes when he's in the films, he's, he's, and it seems odd to say this, he's hamming it up a bit too much sometimes. Yeah, but he's hamming In, in this, he's perfectly. Is perfectly placed. I've never seen him play a character like that. He's mm. so he's not self-aware. Usually, when he's hamming, it's self-aware, and maybe mm. it's because as he got it's older, like he's mugging a little bit. Yeah, he's not mugging here. Yeah, Big, and people probably start expecting that in mm. the later films yeah. with, with him. Yeah. So, yeah, that character mm. just with the lazy eye and the I don't know. The, I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Yeah. Like just just little lines like that, and just the bouncing in the chair like a little child while falling out of the chair. Yeah, way through the conversation. To hit that stupid paddle thing. Hello, yeah. boys. Why is I it always warped? Why is mine always warped? Yeah, and also again their partnership. I, I love Corman and Brooks. The best line 
Well, there's so many best lines, but the best line, I think, in that scene is just, why can't I get the damn thing in? Just think of your secretary. Pen goes straight Which into the Which I bet you is improvised. Mm. That line yeah. had to have been improvised. Yeah. yeah. Just, just again, so so much lovely stuff. Yeah. But again... Because Corman would be used to that if he's yeah. doing the Carol Burnett show yeah. and things like that. Yeah. That, obviously, I know that that's scripted, but they were always trying to outdo each other and yeah. make each other laugh on that show. So he's yeah. it's something that's he's so attuned to mm. as well. Oh. And and again, you know, like we we've we've talked about them, we've talked about these great villains. Um, you know, you obviously we spoke a little bit about Cleveland a little earlier, who is sort of the through line carrying this film and just yes. responds really well to everything. Um, Gene Wilder. He's so good in this. This fragile little broken gunslinger. Little broken bird. And you, the thing is, is broken I, little wing. I, I don't know if it's your first time viewing this, Tegan, but didn't you just want to look after him? Like, partic- no, I want to marry him. His <laughs> <laughs> babies. Yeah. I. He. He's the way his brain works. The way he manifests mm. a character is. Mm. Something else, yeah. and just and just because he's so funny, yeah. and those but blue then he's eyes talking, as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, but like the just... bit where he's talking, he's doing his tragic backstory speech, mm. and he's playing it so straight, and he's got tears in his eyes, and he's like, "It was a six-year-old kid, little bastard, shot, shot me in the ass. ass," and he's still fully mm. serious, and it just yeah. makes it so much funnier. Yeah, and just the the little things that that introduction in the oh. jail cell, you knew everything you needed to know. Like you know, if a man drinks like that and eats, he is gonna die. And just the pause, when? and then <laughs> when? Yeah, <laughs> his timing in this is yeah. immaculate. Yeah, it's it's so good. Yeah, and considering kid. same year as this came out is Young Frankenstein, like amazing. Mel, Mel Brooks basically went back to back, Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein. So did Madeline Kahn. So did Gene Wilder. It's like that's the dream, right? Yeah, to find right. that little yeah. But just that, like whatever little streak of lightning hand, was like... happening in the, in seventy three, seventy four for these films. Oh, magic! Yeah, because they're both. And the thing is, is like people always talk about their favorite Mel Brooks films. Yeah, and it usually comes down to between Young Frankenstein, Young Frankenstein Blazing Saddles, The Producers. Yeah. Uh, depending on your, yeah, you know, a few people say Robin Hood, Men in Tights, but that's yeah, younger. Y- I think, usually younger. I think I yeah. will argue. I know mm. you two didn't like it. But Spaceballs Space mm. has been. I was watching a couple of things recently yeah. on spoofs and parodies, yeah. mm. and it has been um, uh, argued that that is one of the best sci-fi spoofs of all time. Just oh, just I, for intricacy, I would I would agree. The thing yeah. the, the thing with Spaceballs is it. it, it it came, I came to it later than yes. all the other ones. Yes. Yeah, I think it was the same thing for me. And it's if I'd seen it as a yeah. kid, I and think I, I would have enjoyed it I, a lot more. I've yeah. also watched it since we did it on the podcast, and I like it more coming back to it. Yes. So I think it is one of those that just needs that little bit more. Well, it's a jump time. in tone as well. It's very mm. 80s. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. he's but, very good at set. And Men yeah. in Tights clearly is very 90s. It's but, got, very. just got that vibe to it. But for me, of, the, of, the, of those major Mel Brooks films, I think the thing that sets... Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein apart is their earnestness. Yes, there is an earnestness in the other uh, isn't in those other films. I agree. Yes. The 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 portrayal of the Frankenstein story in such a such such like a reverent way. The fact they have the actual equipment from the original film in the lab so and beautiful. just the way they tell that story, but the way they let that cast have a lot of fun ensemble yeah. work. You know, Peter Boyle as the monster. Oh, Peter Boyle is so good. Is, it, yeah, it's, the, it's, it's like everyone is just hitting, hitting sixes the whole way. Mel Brooks is a, yeah. you know, you, you run into danger sometimes with, you know, uh, comedic movies where only one person is allowed to shine or only mm. a couple. 
ev- yeah. everyone is given space. Yeah. Every to single shine. 90s comedy with a comedian yes. at the head, like every Adam Sandler yeah. movie, every there Jim is Terry a, movie. Joe every, Dirt yeah. would be an example. Oh, well, yeah. there's a particular. Um, I am I allowed to say this? Yeah, you're allowed to say it. No, I mean, am I allowed to say this? Um, there's a particular Australian comic mm. who used to make films of the um, used to make of the ethnic variety, mm-hmm. and he would uh, okay, it was Nick Giannopoulos, and <laughs> apparently yep. um, the hearsay is this. Is, I don't know if this is true or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he would refuse to let anyone else be funnier than him. Right. So there are yeah. actors out there, yeah. and I, there's definitely a few American versions of this oh, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where um, I have heard a rumour that in like the Wog Boy films and mm. a few of his one films, if someone got a bigger laugh from the crew in a scene, mm. he would say, okay, we need to do another take. I, I wasn't feeling it, that yeah. one. And then the until the other cast members realised that... What was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm sure that's not just him or maybe it's not. Maybe it is just a rumour, but mm. it wouldn't surprise me that that happens in a few films but with a few people. I'm guessing from what you're saying there that you don't get the sense that was the case with something like this. Absolutely not. Yeah. This is... It's an ensemble piece. Mm. Yeah. This is... It, everybody's he, everybody's supporting each other. And Mel Brooks always, even in, when he's in his films, yeah. he puts himself in small yeah. roles. Yeah. Everyone has a pretty small role in this except for your leads. Yeah. Um. But they all get to come in, be brilliant, leave again. And yeah. they come in, be brilliant, leave again. And speaking of coming in, being brilliant and leaving again, Madeline, Madeline Kahn! Kahn! She's great. So Madeline Kahn um, is my... Is, is my... Free pass? Is my free pass. <laughs> yeah. Which is really sad because she's been dead for more than 20 I years. I know. But, but, but if, if, it was, if, if we had a time-travelling free pass machine... I f- like Madeline Kahn. So is if you just- had a TARDIS, yeah, yeah, I mean, basically. we do have a TARDIS, but it just doesn't. It, yeah, it's not actually working. Actually, go moment. through yeah. time and space. Have yeah. you ever seen the video of Madeline Kahn doing the "Not get married, I'm not getting married yes. today"? Oh from my company. word, she's brilliant. But the thing is, is that is such a hard yeah. song to sing. Yeah. But she, she her and Carol it. Burnett are probably the the two that I love the most. Yeah, yeah. they're everyone's brilliant that yeah. can do that. But they have this ability to, again. Mm. Casually and very mm. subtly, nothing she does is over the top. It yeah. is no. so subtle. It's very understated, and even in this, it's genius. Yeah. A little and trying to put her hand oh, up on the thing, thing and yeah. missing yeah. it, and, and that—that's the thing. That's the thing. It's it's it's. I my, the way she stands, yeah. the way she walks, the way they filmed her yeah. like my, song. My, my response to oh. people that I really like isn't usually I'm very attracted to them. <laughs> but there's just something about Madeline Kahn yes. and something about. Partly like the look, but also the um, just, just it's, it's you're right, there's little details where she's just an absolute genius. She's someone she's, that you just want to know. Yeah. You're like, I, you want to watch her. I, the world is a sadder place that she is not in it. Yeah. Because yeah. imagine spending five minutes over a coffee yeah. with her and just picking that brain. Yeah. I and, just, oh. and the, you know, because she, she was in her late 50s when she died. I think she might have been, could, she might have been younger. Yeah, because she died of ovarian cancer yeah. and it was around the turn of the century. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I mean, the fact is almost everyone in this film is dead. At time yeah. of recording, yeah. Mel Brooks is still hurtling his way to 100. Um, but but He's amazing. pretty much everyone else is gone. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, obviously it's very sad, but at the same time, it's really lovely to have their talent showcased here. And Madeline Kahn gets 
a decent chunk of time. She gets a whole musical number. Well, there's not a lot of female characters in this, which is also very typical of Westerns. And so Mm. you've got Mm. the school teacher, you've got the... The old lady. The old lady... I mean, it's 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 you've got it's, the, it's the made mother prostitutes crone. in the background. Yeah, yeah, you've got the prostitutes. But in terms of like speaking roles, you've got the schoolmistress, who's mm. like the well-behaved, upright woman. You've got the old lady, who they kind of subvert that by making Stein, a racist. The secretary. <laughs> yeah, you've got Miss Stein, the secretary, who's basically is just yeah, there for window dressing. And her two helpers. Yeah. And her two Hello, helpers. boys. How are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. then you've got Madeline Kahn, who's probably got the most interesting mm. and well-rounded character in terms yeah. of the female characters. And, and this is another thing which I think... We, is, Even though is, they're is, playing yeah, it into it, specific archetypes yeah. and stereotypes. Another thing that's really wonderful about um, Blazing Saddles is, yes, it's a big film that looks at racism and goes, not only is racism bad, here are several ways that it plays out. And yeah. at the same time, it, it is a very effective deconstruction of the mid 20th century western film yeah and the time that it was made and released the late 70s so the mid 70s westerns were dying and mel brooks Mm. basically just came along and shot it in the head as a a just put the final nail in the coffin because because what the thing is is the westerns had always been seen not not so much as untouchable but just as so popular and so much hallowed ground. You know, I, I John, John that... Wayne is a massive movie star. Yeah. John Ford is one of the greatest directors of all time. And the, the Western was treated so seriously. Yes. Even though its entire setup was, was, was ridiculous. If you were in but a that white time, hat, that a time in American history is yeah. so romanticized as well. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. part of the issue is yeah. if you're, yeah, when you start messing with that, um, it'd be like, hmm. you know, like Wake in Fright in Australia yeah. when that came out. It's, Oh, mm. uh, everyone hated it because yeah. it tore down the idea of the Australian outback being still being wired and you know treacherous, but the people yeah. were dangerous. Yeah, and it was too real. Yeah. for people yeah. to and to really people don't jump like into. it when you start to pull apart their national yeah. myths and, and then to laugh at it as mm. well. Yeah, and this is the thing: there have been subversive westerns before, the mm. spaghetti westerns. You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So good all very subversive, even though we look back at them now and go, oh, they're the classic Westerns. They were subversive because of the way they depicted violence. Like Clint Eastwood was essentially a murderous psychopath in those films. But but he was also, you know, in a world where everyone was a murderous psychopath, he was just the one that was... Mm. The, the least shit we, I watched guess. A, we watched a video on like, like a YouTube video you mm. and I about Westerns and kind of like the, the all the conventions and things like yeah. that. And part of it was talking about um kind of the tropes hmm. and how it was like and there were no people of color anywhere in these westerns or if they were they were you know native americans and well they were john wayne or they painted were, with his skin yeah, painted darker or, or you know those like kinds that. of things and so they're like it's this very sanitized version mm. of what it actually was and it's really only now that people are starting to do it and you, mm. even even some of the the more recent westerns like the serious westerns mm. you know you've had stuff like when they did um whatever the film is and johnny depp played tonto oh the lone ranger yeah. Lone ranger thank you and like those kind of things and it's like oh still not mm. yeah it I will. I, I will work. just like to point everyone to the direction of a very good video essay on Blazing Saddles, um, which mm. we we would have watched a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, it's by someone called Infranaut is the channel name, mm-hmm. and it's simply called "You Couldn't Make Blazing Saddles Today." It's about half an hour, but it talks about 
the place of westerns in the American yeah. myth uh, and right. films, and then talks about Blaze, Blazing, How Saddles, Blazing Saddles just sort of being the, the final nail in the coffin. Yeah, because yeah. What, because the thing with the western is nobody had ever really laughed at the western before. There'd been things like Paint Your Wagon. There'd been things that were like westerns but they were fun westerns that weren't serious but mm. nothing that laughed at the concept like any get your gun yeah. and those sort of but, but well, musicals that, i yeah. guess kind of yeah. probably yeah. took that but point. also, but but also they're not making westerns but, yeah, yeah they're not making fun of it no they're, they're still romanticizing they're still romanticizing it. like yeah. we love this sort yeah. of, what about like of, oklahoma paint oh oklahoma is the most like oh my god yes this is wonderful this is amazing mm. it's all you know it's so romanticized yeah. right isn't like, there some there's some dodgy stuff in it, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah. like, a but whole bunch of, like, rape subtext yeah. and, yeah. like... But, but Again, like, all white people. Blazing Saddles yeah. is the first film, that I'm, certainly that I'm aware of, and it seems to be the case, that came along and went, Westerns, as a oh, concept, stupid. are worthy of ridicule. <laughs> Let's make fun of them. No scene sums that up better, I think, than the, the fart scene with the beans. <laughs> that, didn't, that, didn't they want that deleted? Yeah. Studio executives, there were many, many scenes that were requested to be deleted. Some <laughs> that were and some that weren't. And one of them was the fart scene. But the reason being, up until Blazing Saddles, there had never been a fart scene in a film. Outrageous. In, in, in a like studio released film, there had yeah. never been anything that depicted farting. Oh, well, that's Blaz- terrible. Blazing Saddles was the first film, first major release motion picture <laughs> That had a fart scene, and it's that fart scene, and it's one. It well, went, it's getting an extra point yeah. from me just for that. Then it the is, fact that it, it brought the farts thing. to the s- silver screen. Yeah. <laughs> Grow, growing up, my, my dad is a big fan of, of Mel Brooks films and yeah. farts and yeah. farts and farts. Yeah. But like, and his parents loved comedy films. But my dad tells a story of he was at, in his late teens, and he was dating my mum at the time, and he went with his parents to watch History of the World Part One in the cinema. And the whole oh, way home, I can imagine. my granddad, who was a bit of a character, was just quoting lines from the film, but out <laughs> loud in the street. And so he was shouting things like, plumbing, plumbing, pipe the shit right out of your house. <laughs> like, um, but the thing is, is like whenever they talked about those films and whenever Blazing Saddles came up, particularly my, my grandmother, um, God rest her soul, would talk about the fart scene, the bean scene. And just talk about that as though that was the height of all oh, human comedy uh, achievement. Now, it's not my favorite scene in the film, but it's funny. Yeah. It is, it is because so Because the funny. whole thing is, is that cowboys are very, very well known for eating beans, yeah. cans of beans. There's a whole song in Paint Your Wagon, which is, <laughs> hand me down the can of beans, I'm throwing it away, and we're going to have like some nice <laughs> dinner instead. But no one had ever <laughs> like, depicted dude. the reality of what would it be like if you had 20 husky men chowing down on just beans. Yeah. Wearing leather chaps. Yeah. Yeah. It would make a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Noise. it's remarkable. Um, it, it, like, and, and I just think... It's like, just it, so it's, full, it's full of so many of those moments. Yeah. And I can and will keep talking about how great Blazing Saddles is. You um, can. You're allowed to. I'm allowed to. But I also will try not to go on too much because... Um, there's I, so I, much I, to talk yeah. about with this film. Well, one of the things as well that I think the film does really well, it uses its music really well. Yeah. Yeah, that opening title scene mm. song. All the songs in it are yeah. really good. I mean, I, I'm tired. We, we've just been talking about, I'm but it's tired. it's, it's used for comedic effect really well. But but all of she the does it beautifully. all of the incidental music, even like having and the, the, Ma- the Marlena Dietwick of it all. <laughs> the Count Basie, just the whole orchestra in the middle of the desert. That's so funny. 
And it's just, it's so, it's just, you know, just mm. the slow pan, the slow pull out. And it's like, oh, there's a whole ass But again, that's there. the cliche of the, of the African-American music of the time. Like there's, yeah. again, it's like, we and, want and like the, a, they yeah. have a moment of appreciation. It's like, mm. it's, those moments are kind of important. This is an imp- mm. well, they're the ed- they're almost the educational moments yeah. that yeah. they've thrown in yeah. amongst all of the other you know the mm. silliness but, which but is important. All of the incidental music of that is the cowboy movie music is perfectly pitched. It, yeah. It's yeah. it's just it's got a recognizable you know dun 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 dun. It gets adapted into this more melancholy emotional bits into the exciting rousing call With to the action. harmonica and <laughs> Frankie Lane, legendary country music singer yes. uh, sang that tune I, I can't oh. remember if this was in the trivia or not but I'm going to say it here yeah Frankie Lane was um, asked by Mel Brooks to sing this song now he wrote the song intending it to be a comedy and Frankie Lane just performed <laughs> it, it as seriously yeah which is, in, which is because which is it's perfect. perfect yeah Mel Brooks wrote it to be the kind of like nonsense drivel that all cowboy westerns have <laughs> But the, when he heard it back, Frankie Lane had sang this really earnest, beautiful production, and so Mel didn't change it. He kept that. He went, but this he just is he just added in the whips as the percussion beat, um, <laughs> just to get it across that this is a this is a fast song. But Frankie Lane's music, his voice is wonderful, yeah, and he sings it like a proper western. I think that adds it extra credence. Well, it does. Again, it's yeah. playing serious, yeah. with comical content. Mm. It's, yeah. Every char- every comical character should have a heart and emotions yeah. and feelings. That's and what makes it good. That's right. That's that's what makes you enamored by them. That's why Madeline Kahn, mm. I think, is so brilliant because yeah. you, she emotes so much through yeah. so much. It's all kind of inside her mm. that it's it's just be- it's beautiful to watch. Yeah, like yeah. she's she's a female. She's a she has paved paths for female comics mm. along the way you yeah. just go oh stunner yeah it's and, and again yeah that that earnestness is really important you, yeah. because you it, need it too yeah. when you're dealing with uh potent uh, the, the political content yeah. when you're writing something mm. yeah that is to uh ridicule something else yeah. you yeah. need to the, the earnestness the truth of it makes it mm. uh I don't know. It just it's justified. Yeah, it also helps differentiate where different characters are coming from. Yes, like when uh, Bart rolls into town for the first time, and everyone's just in stunned silence, and they're pointing, start pointing guns at him, and you know, using the M word openly. You're mm. like, okay, these people are, are racist. When Jim hanging upside down in his cell sees him for the first time and is a bit confused, his first line isn't, "Oh my god, uh, an N word." He goes, "I don't know. Are we black?" <laughs> and he goes, yes, we are. And he's like, well, we're well, very we're puzzled. Away, we're but we're very puzzled. We're very puzzled. <laughs> it, it's, it's not like he doesn't immediately reject Bart because of his skin color, yeah. because that's not what Jim's like. Same with Mongo. Mongo yeah. at no point is shown to be racist. Mongo's just a... T- Mongo is only porn in Game of Life, as he says. Well, yeah. Mongo, he, Mongo did not get hit by man so mongo likes man yeah and also, also like he got he, he got he got one up on him and he's yeah. like yeah. he's so impressed him. and also yeah. i really love and this is one of the jokes it took me several viewings to get where jim is going oh i think mongo's he's taking a shine to you yes. and then he goes oh mongo straight yes <laughs> <laughs> and again it's like there's a character that is you know quite open and accepting and and not 
necessarily you know, not not a racist, yeah. uh, but that there's an earnestness to that character. Yeah. Um, but also not a homophobe in that scene too, because yeah. he doesn't. He's like, no, it's, it, yeah. I don't think it's too. Yeah, it, I didn't read that yeah. as maybe I was wrong, but I didn't read it as oh, no, gross. He wasn't repulsed by that. He was like, yeah. nah, that's not it. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, is Blazing Saddles is not perfect in that regard. You no. know, no. You, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have something that says racism is bad, but still have uh, Mel Brooks going up in red face. Um, like there, there is still an inherent contradiction. But same, I, same that's with, where I go. Yeah. That's I think that's why yeah. I thought of Tropic Thunder because I was like, well, mm. did they do that mm. because? That's what happened in back so in the day. Mm. You had Native Americans never played by Native Americans. Yeah, or mm. rare, very rarely. Yeah. Um, We've only just had, I mean, the uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, The, mm. the that's the first, there was something about that. So that's a Native American story mm. with the, I, I don't know, there was something about that film recently that mm. that's the first film in history to mm. actually... Uh, be a Native American story about the Wild West that has um, representation yeah. and um, support from Native American people. Mm. That's terrifying yeah. to think that we are yeah. and, and don't get me this wrong. far along. What Mel Brooks does in that role, playing a clearly like Who is, Germanic, yes. um, like the wrong person in the role. Who's Steph- speaking... Yeah. Um, well, he's speaking... Um, uh, what's what's the word? Yiddish. Yeah. Yiddish. Yeah. Yeah. Yiddish. Yes. Yeah. Speaking Yiddish in yeah. it, which mm. is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But, so, but, but, uh, that, the, yeah. but at the same time, like you can have someone look at that and go, "Oh wow, that's amazing." But you can also yes. have someone going, "But that's still a problem that you're doing it, Mel." And yes, the, the thing is, is I think the film makes so many choices, and I think demonstrates quite clearly where it's coming from. That missteps are always going to be there. There's always yeah. going to be an element of that. I. I don't think that this film is riding on the coattails of like, oh, we're just shock and awe and like putting racist things on film. It doesn't feel like those shock comedies in the 90s where it was like, oh, we're going to, you know, just Mm. do this because like we're just going to see how far we can push the joke. (laughs) They're they're showing it and showing it, showing, hey, racism is bad. And also look what happens when people who are racist or divided for various reasons um, put that stuff to one side. Even yeah. though it's not a very serious film, it does have very serious points but to it. But it is a it fair shows. point about those sort of th- choices as well. Yeah. Where, yeah, definitely. I think because Mel Brooks, because he's because he's a Jewish man mm. and that and pol- politics are, is a huge part of his, um, you know, uh, body of work. Mm. Like, I, it's, it's interesting to sit back as a uh, Caucasian woman who has my white privilege and my white view of something like that. Mm. And I, don't, I can mm. see, yeah, someone that could be problematic for someone. I guess in the hands of Mel Brooks, you look at it and go, well, yeah, is he the person to justify that choice? Mm. Should there be, like nowadays we would say, well, you need to have someone, you need to have a Native American person with you in this writing room mm. to yeah. make sure this is okay. and you, Or not even just one person, you need to have a lot of you people to, to have, speak yeah. about yeah. To, to actually work through this, which is absolutely v- valid and very, yeah. very important. Imperative, yeah. 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 It's it, very, it, yeah. Is, it is. It is. Yeah. It, 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 I think it's important because I am a very big fan of this film. 
Um, I, but I don't want this to just come across as going, oh, it's completely fine. It does nothing no. wrong. No. It, it does do things wrong. It was a yeah. film that was made in the early 1970s. Yeah. As self-aware as it was of what it was doing and as great a message it is sending out and as well communicated that message is, hmm. there, are still, there are still things which we would consider to be missteps, mistakes. Yeah. Um, and, they, and they yeah. weren't getting per- persecuted back then. Or not persecuted. They weren't getting pulled up on it. Persecuted is definitely the wrong word. Yeah. They were not getting pulled up on yeah. these choices yeah. back yeah. then because no one cared about yeah. those choices Brooks, when they probably should have. Mel Brooks was in more trouble with the producers for this film for essentially killing the cash cow of the Western, ridiculing it to the point where no one could make a proper Western film until maybe Unforgiven, like 15 years yeah. later. He was in more trouble for that than he was for any of the race stuff. So that was the so though, that's where the rumour, we talked about it bef- mm. before, but that's... Because Richard Pryor's on as one of the writers, and I know you were saying that he was one of he was part of the conceptual, like building the the story yep. concepts. Yeah. But the rumor that I heard was mm. that when executives wanted to cut a bunch of scenes and a bunch of words, they added his name to the writers list because it gave them justification for some of the Being more like, on oh, the nose things. Oh, it's okay because we have this because we had. This person on we've, the writing yeah, team. Yeah, we've got Richard Pryor on the writing team. And they, and yeah. because Richard Pryor mm. was Richard Pryor, they were like, oh, that's fine then. That Then yeah. then we'll allow it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Pryor obviously, um, famously, there were a lot of roles that were intended for him he didn't follow up on. Um, and Pryor, he was one of the five writers, but just how involved he was yeah. uh, is spoken about differently. M- yeah. Mel, Mel uh, Brooks has certainly said... Um, that Pryor was was involved, but mm. then if he's trying to have justification, saying no, no, we had a black guy on the staff, mm. then he would say that. What the the other thing was though, Richard Pryor was one of the well was the original consideration for the role of Bart. You can absolutely be, be see that. Yeah, I don't think he'd give it as much depth as mm. Cleavon did. As Cleavon yeah. did, yeah. So in the DVD commentary, uh, Brooks says that he went on bended knee to every studio executive, trying to convince them to hire Pryor. But because of rumours around Pryor's mental health and drug use and his vulgar stand-up acts, um, studios were were very hesitant about a film that was dealing with this subject matter with Richard, I'm going to use the F word a lot, Pryor, um, as as the lead. Um, They were hesitant to work with him just in general because of all the stuff around his personal life. Yeah. Um, Another person that was considered for the lead role in this film um, early on was James Earl Jones. Oh. Uh, yeah, um, but in the end, uh, Cleavon Little ended up taking on the part and was was superb. Darth um, Vader would have been good. Yeah, it would have been all mm. right. But, but again, it was pre-Darth Vader. Yeah, it would have yeah. been a very different portrayal. Yeah. Um, mm. And the problem, I think the problem is, is that Cleavon Little is just so perfect in the role. Yeah, he's excellent. As good an actor as James Earl Jones is, as good an actor as Richard Pryor was. You can't see anyone else in yeah. that role now. Yeah, same, yeah. same with Gene Wilder as, yeah. as Jim. So it's basically same with everyone in every role. Yeah. <laughs> like they are they are so mm. finely tuned for, for all the roles that they're playing. Or, or the film is tuned to them. Yeah. Um, the big plot at the end, to, to <laughs> build a fake town, trick the baddies and do all that. It's, it's a wonderful, silly, cartoony plot and... Tegan, can I? I just want to take you back to when we're watching yes. that scene, and everyone's fighting. Mongo's tipped over a horse. Yes. Um, Jim accidentally punches Bart, and then there's a big shot of the crowd. Yes. And then it pans back, <laughs> and you see the town, and then it pans back, and you see a few more buildings. 
And then it pans it was back the- and moves away, and you can yeah. see the studio. It was the silo. It was the um the Warner Brothers <laughs> the Warner silo. Brothers silo what what were you thinking in that moment? Um, I was thinking. I don't even. I I just saw the silo and went, motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Because I, I must admit, there were a few times in this film where There's I turned a few to look at you to yes. see what your yeah, reaction yeah, yeah. was. That whole sequence, I was just looking at you. I wasn't even watching it <laughs> because it's my favorite thing about watching Blazing yes. Saddles with somebody new is the big reveal that the final... Well, what did I look like? What you happened? looked the happiest I've seen you <laughs> in many a year. It was great. Yeah. It was such a little fuck you to yeah. the audience and, yeah. and everyone. And I... Which I love. Yeah, it's it's not so. It's much, Holy Grail. Yeah, it's, it's the Muppet. It's better than Holy it's, Grail. Yeah, well, I yeah think it, it is. It, it yeah. is. And part of it is because this breaks the fourth wall a couple of times earlier. But then it yeah. goes, Why am I asking yeah. you? Like, but then it basically little, goes. There is no fourth wall. There yes. is no yeah. fourth. Yeah. And then it goes all the way back to the just being in the film again. It was, yeah. yeah. And you're like, and oh, smart. And you accepted it as an audience member. Yeah, it was hilarious yeah. because the film has worked. The, yeah. Basically, yeah. it's it's like the ultimate magic trick. Mel Brooks is the yeah. magician on stage. Has gone. I've impressed you with all of these tricks. Now I'm going to show you essentially how the trick works. Yes, and I'm you're going to show you how the rabbit it. comes out of the yeah. hat. Because I was yeah. right before that happened, and they had the shot of the town. I was like, this is really clever. This is a great way to use their staging yeah. as part of the plot. Because yeah. clearly. A, those towns yeah. are always just those, you know. Yeah, the flats. the flats. But then it turns out that wasn't the stage. And then I went, hang on a second. Oh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Click- so it was, mm. I think it was such a moment of glee because it was tying into my thought patterns at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. This is the point so where, silly. so something we were talking about a lot when we were, when we were watching it is because obviously um, Stephen's a really big fan of this film and we've watched a lot of things like that video you were talking about where they were talking about how... Um, mm. Blazing Saddles basically killed the Western. Yeah. And we've watched a few other videos. Like, there's a lot of video reactions of people, sort of like younger millennials and Gen Z, who, you know, missed the film, obviously, yeah. growing up because um, they were too young. Mm. And they're people who do like reaction videos to films, and people are like, do Blazing Saddles, mm. do Blazing Saddles. And it's really fun watching them react to this film mm. because for the first like five, ten, 20, 30 minutes, they're like, oh, the slurs. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, like, this is uh, a lot. Uh, oh, the thing is, like, it just before, opens just before it. you finish. It's fin- really shocking. And just, yeah, for just, them. just before you, get, you finish that point, I just yeah. want to add in. Yeah, that opening 10 minutes is rough. Yeah. And it has to be because it has to show you that this is a world where racism is yes. thriving. But it's, yeah. but again, mm. it is really that whole thing with the song where he mm. starts singing, I get a kick out of you. And the guy's like, no, sing the. Camp Town Ladies. Sing the, <laughs> yeah, sing those songs. And they start this beautiful song and it's. You know, that's a what's his name? That's Irving. Is it Ern Irving Berlin or a Cole Porter? I think Cole Porter. It's a Cole, Cole Porter, Porter song. So he's singing this Cole Porter song, and you go, "What is going on? Like, what here? is happening?" It's so very that, in amongst all of the all exactly. of the slurs and mm. things, you go, "You're like you're what uneasy? You're trying to yeah. figure out what the tone is because yeah. you're like, what's going on?" Mm. And this is the part where they start to pull out and they break the fourth wall. They don't break the fourth wall. They just smash through yeah. it with a giant fight. There's mm. no walls. There's, There's just... no walls. Yeah, and the reactors. That is normally yeah. the point when these YouTube reactors are like, "Okay, no, no, I re- this is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, this is genius. Like and, this yeah. is comedy brilliant." Because the actors are still wow. playing the truth of it. Yeah. Exactly. And exactly. It, it is brilliant, and it's one of the, the like. This is a thing that we see a lot more now. That kind of breaking the fourth wall thing. Yeah. This does it before a lot of the great comedies that do yeah. fourth wall breaks. Um, mm. And it does it just so gloriously. 
And it, I think it it's it, a lot more effective than yeah. like you were saying, like Holy Grail, like the end of Holy Grail when it's, the cops come in with the cars. Yeah, and but stuff. that's abrupt. As that's very all abrupt. Hell, yeah. Mm. And I remember watching that film for the first time, and Holy Grail is one of my favorite films. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure I gave it, 10 out, it 10, 10 out of 10 when yeah. we did it on the podcast, mm. and I said yeah. to Stephen, like when he said, "Oh, we're going to do Holy Grail," I went, "If you don't put me on this, we're getting a divorce." He said, "We're not married." I went, "No, no, but like I will marry you just to divorce you if you don't mm. let me do this episode because mm. it is my favorite film." I she called, you called her bluff. Well I done. Did. Yeah, no, he did. <laughs> now you got a baby in there. Yeah, I know. It's actually just a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the whole point with that bit is like narratively, it's not as fulfilling as a comedic yeah. beat. It's almost disappointing. Yeah, it's like, it is. It's like deliberately First disappointing. First time I watched it, I was so yeah. mad. I was like, yeah. is, is that the end? Yeah. And my parents were like, yeah, isn't yeah. it great? And I was like, this is bullshit. Like yeah. I remember being really mad as like yeah. a as like a, a like tween teenager, like yeah. early teens, watching it for the first time and being like, that. But the rest of it's so good. Like, yeah. why is yeah. the ending so abrupt? Like, but, it's a bit shit. This mm. kind of takes that joke even further and just keeps rolling it and ramping it up, and it's just brilliant. It's when and Headley's it's so sitting satisfying. in the. It's when Headley's in the cinema and, he could, and like <sighs> shows. Um, what's his name again? Uh, Bart. It shows Bart. um, Sheriff Bart. Sheriff Bart coming up like on the horse. He's like, "Ah, damn it. (laughs) Yeah. And And they have the shootout at the front of the thing. Oh, let's go watch the end of the film. And he he writes his name in the the thing. The thing I love about that sequence, which I've still never fully gotten why he did it, is when um, Bart says his name. He goes, stop right there. He makes this noise. He goes, oh, It's just the weirdest little vocal. My favourite part in that is when they're looking at Douglas Fairbanks' um, hands and feet. How did he do it with such, such little ti- feet? Tiny little feet. What? <laughs> but yes. Yeah. It's great. And so then, great. And then, yeah, um, so Bart and silly. Jim go and watch the film and see themselves in the end of the film. And my favourite detail in the whole film yeah, yeah, is yeah, Jim yeah, has yeah. the bucket of popcorn when he's back in the In the West. So bre- beautiful. Such yeah. a small oh. choice. Yeah. So funny. But perfect. Ties it in. Yeah. It's beautiful. And then they ride off, sorry, drive off into, into the, the sunset. That's great too. Yeah. With, yeah. The, with the soundtrack going over the yeah. top of it. Yeah. It's oh. just remarkable. Again, and, it's so yeah. narratively satisfying. Yeah. And it's things like that popcorn, I'm like, that's probably Gene Wilder's idea. Yeah. He's probably gone, I want to bring the popcorn in from that thing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah whoever's idea it was. It's a great idea. Yes. And, and like so the fact that it exists in the film is great. The fact that Mel Brooks gets to have another dig at Hitler in a Western. They're yes. losing me right after the bunker scene, like with that actor. That was so funny. And but then, then, then in the fight, fight, he's, he's in the background. Doing the salutes. Doing, doing his things. Yeah, doing his little salutes in the background. Yeah. yeah. And like just, just the fact that you get Dom DeLuise directing uh, a bunch of very camp people doing the French mistake. It's, it's, and then it just turns On into a Western On a beautiful Busby ball. Berkeley set. Yeah. It's just... So silly and so wonderful. And that's what's going to make this next question really hard. Do you have a favorite comedy moment from this film? Do you have a favorite moment from Blazing Saddles? Um, oh, I, I don't. There, okay, the only one I can think of yeah. right now, because there's a lot. Yeah. But it was just so dumb was <laughs> when the tour, when the tour is going through the studios and then they come, and this is the diner where all of the stars eat. And then they come out and they're covered in pie. And they're just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know why. That really tickled me, yeah. The, yeah. them coming out covered in pie again. Um, Ellen, do you have a favorite moment? I think it's going to just be the entirety of the I'm tired scene. Yes. Because it's just, 
so beautifully put together. But even even like little details, like the fact that she's got her lovely negligee dressing gown on, mm-hmm. but there's a couple of little holes in the arms that you can see. There's like all these lovely the little detail. details. The the song itself is brilliant. The performance is brilliant. The backup dancers and that one little guy on the end who's just yeah. like, can't you see she's pooped? who's like twenty <laughs> points above everybody else. Yeah. The the crowd interaction, mm. like it's yeah. yeah. Variety was like a wild mm. theatrical form because it was like the old west. Yeah. Thing because so it was developing concurrently with like musical, which was like, oh, we're gonna say slightly naughty things in a Cockney accent, you know. And then you've got variety in America, which is like, yes, but like all of the sex, like it was mm. really raunchy. Yeah. And like this isn't super super raunchy. It's very subtle, but it's just brilliant. Mm. And this idea that she's it's this tiny little town mm. in buttfuck nowhere in the wild west. Mm. Yeah. But she's the entertainment mm. of yeah. that town. Yeah. Like that, that resonates. You've always got those small town icons, mm. yeah, which is quite special. I yeah. have been thinking, and there are a lot to choose from. Uh, the the think of your secretary pen joke is great. <laughs> yes. Um, when Mel Brooks repeats, "Can't you see that man is a nit?" <laughs> oh, I of... have another one, yep. which is harumph. <laughs> yeah, harumph. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. <laughs> harumph. Um, Mongo punching the horse, <laughs> I think, is. The, the it's most so unexpected striking. and so funny. And it's such a well-executed stunt. That yeah. horse that, goes down. That's a very talented horse. Yes. Yeah. And like, just, just that whole... Because you're not expecting it. No. And it's no so wonderful. There are so many moments. I did like the noose around the horse and the yes. rider's neck as yes. well. Like, there's just and, and those just the little, little ones. hand movements yes. as the hangman moved over. Oh, the hangman. Yeah. Um, why am I talking to you? <laughs> like, <laughs> just just the, that fourth wall break was great. Um, the whole you know, morons, morons, yeah, which is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and he just makes Cleveland little just break. Yeah, um, you know, just the whole rustlers hustlers thing, and Slim Pickens can't find a notebook. Oh, that is yeah. brilliant. Um, that because it is yeah. so beautifully timed, mm. and it's the thing he does just before it as well, where he steps beyond headlamp yes. and, and then, then realizes, oh. "Oh, I should be stood back because I'm this, the underling." Is... That's just play, though. That is, yeah. that is. I feel like that's Mel Brooks just going play. Mm. Off you go. You've got it. Play. Yeah. Mm. They're, they're just... No one's upstaging yeah. each other as well. Like it, it's, it's, cl- it's just a shared space yeah. of joy. Mm. That, you know what? It's very theatrical. It is mm. very theatrical. They've paired, they've paired the emotions back for cinema, mm. but you can tell they're all people on, who know the stage yeah. that well because they just know how to work with each other. Mm. It's like those moments when you do a show, you know, when you're in a show with someone um, in it, or in, in improv when you've never performed with someone before mm. um, and you find you, all of a sudden you go, oh, my God, this person is... This is fun. Mm. We are finding magic right here. This mm. is great. Yeah. You're playing with us, Peter. Yeah. I would also like oh, to throw out are, um, Headley Lamar when he interrupts um, Lily trying to seduce him and he sees her in the dress and he goes, oh, just let me have a quick feel. Yes. Like The way he delivers that is just... That a, pink outfit yeah. is just... It's something more comfortable. <laughs> yeah. It's just the film is just you could pick any thirty seconds from this film and you would probably find some real comedy gold. In yes, there. it's wonderful. Uh, would you just like some trivia? Yeah, about Blazing Saddles. Yes, please. Did you find any trivia you didn't know, or did you know all this a couple trivia? of bits actually? Oh. Yeah. Oh, 
All of this trivia comes from IMDb, so if it's not true, don't blame me. And the first piece of trivia uh, comes from around 45 minutes in, and it is something we've discussed already, and it is when you have the, the line from Gene Wilder that finishes, you know, morons. <laughs> that is Cleavon Little's genuine reaction. Oh, he beautiful. He just... He wasn't warned that that was how that line was going to end. You know, that line, you know, Clay of the West, all that thing was, was there. But the, you know, morons, that was <laughs> that was improvised. And it's just such a lovely moment of connection, I feel, that the audience it's a, has. It's almost a moment. Yeah. It feels like a moment for him as well to... Because that's a, if you, the content of this, surely he, he understood the heavy, like yeah. he's feeling the heaviness of, of this. He's having to play carefree the whole way through with all of this horrible stuff being thrown mm. at him. He does it so beautifully that it's almost like a really nice moment of Gene Wilder going, I've got you back. I've got you. This yeah. is, yeah. this can't be easy for you. Mm. And that line, and you just see this like genuine release of like, Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. This is all right because I can imagine being in a role like that mm. as an African American. I can't imagine as an African American man, but I can sort of. You can empathize. Worry. With that. Yeah. You sort I, of can look at that and yeah, be like, and go, I can think about how hard that would be. That's yeah. a lot for you to carry, and a yeah. lot of. The, yeah. There's a lot that you're being subjected to, and you're having to laugh it off and be carefree. Mm. And that moment is gen, yeah. just gentle and really. Mm. Yeah, it, and it, it's it, really special. And it contrasts nicely with the moments where he uses comedy. Like when he yeah. takes himself hostage. Oh, um, so brilliant. It's so brilliant. But like that's leaning into the comedy zany side of things. But that's a comedy zany response to an entire town of people are going to kill you because you're black. Yeah. Um, whereas that's all they know. And you're yeah. the bloody sheriff. Yeah. You're the you're their authority mm. figure yeah but and they don't care and historically yeah. if you think about like where the civil rights movement was in the mid 70s mm. like that, i mean also that wasn't that long ago no mm. and it yeah. wasn't that long before that i mean in terms of like when this is set and they're talking about like the civil war mm. and like yeah because the, the, oh, the only thing man. we know for certain is it's post-civil war because mm. one of the cowboys says when you were slaves you used to sing all the time. Well, they, yeah. they do yeah. give a year. They do say it's like 18... Whatever. 64 or something? No, um, 1870... It's quite late yeah. in the 1800s. Oh, yeah, because he says... That's right. He says back in the back in the 50s. Back in 56. Yeah. Back, back in 56 <laughs> when he was a little kid. So yeah. you get... Yeah, th- 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 there is context for when and it there's actually that, okay. isn't there Isn't Abe Lincoln one of the yeah, yeah. statues there as yeah. well? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just, again... Gene Wilder, what a gem. Yeah. Oh, he's so beautiful. Um, Hedy Lamar. Hedley. No, not Hedley. Hedley, Hedley. Hedy, in this case, <laughs> uh, did sue Mel Brooks <laughs> over the use Good of her name <laughs> in this film, and it had to be settled out of court. Uh, Brooks said he was oh, flattered babe. by the attention. Uh, the reference to suing Hedy Lamar was from Harvey Corkman's first day on the set, and ironically, the comedic reference making that uh, at this point a lawsuit would be non-existent. So specifically the, this is 1874. Yes. You can sue her. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she sued them too. Yeah. What a, what Why a, wouldn't you what make a, money? Because she would have, you know, she's a, uh, she's a victim of the, of the Hollywood system. bullshit mm. that was going on. Yeah. So she's made some coin she off was, it. She yeah. was, well done. And she was an amazingly smart lady. Yeah, wasn't she, didn't she design? Um, 
uh, a little thing called uh, Bluetooth? Bluetooth Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah like like just yeah. Just, yeah. She was an amazing scientist, and yeah. she's known as Pretty Lady, who wore pretty things on yeah. her head and was an, a pretty actress. Like, was, she it wasn't just. I mean, that's the there's so so many things. I yeah. think there's a doco on her at the moment on yeah. Netflix. Or she did a lot of stuff, and most people just know her as the pretty actress who did the pretty things. Yeah. But she did all this other amazing, incredible stuff, and people are like, "Oh, damn! Like she did all of this other stuff, like science stuff, like this and that." It's like, yeah, she wasn't just on no film looking pretty. She did other stuff as well. Maybe women contain multitudes. Oh <gasps> no, we can't. No, we can't do that. Well, I can cook and clean. <laughs> I think we'll just leave that one. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, that... I can't clean. <laughs> what a lie! <laughs> when the film was first screened for Warner Brothers executives, almost none of them laughed, and the movie looked to be a disaster uh, that the studio wasn't going to release. However, Mel Brooks very quickly set up a subsequent screening for the studio's employees. When these more regular folks, as this is written, laughed. Uh, uproariously throughout the film, Warner Brothers finally agreed to take a chance on releasing it. Well, if the general public like it, then mm. I suppose that there must be something okay about it. <laughs> it Executives are probably going, oh, that poor Headley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, poor guy. <laughs> yeah, he's just trying to make a million dollars. Yeah, he's treating him really badly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very much the, the Batgirl of its day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> while filming, Burton Gilliam, who played Lyle, the henchman, hmm. um, with the squint, uh, was having a very difficult time saying the N-word on set, uh, especially saying it to Cleavon Little because he really liked him. Aww. After several takes where he was struggling, Little took uh, Gilliam off to the side and told him it was okay because they weren't his words. Uh, Little jokingly added, if I thought you would say these words to me in any other situation, we'd be going to fist city. But this <laughs> is all about fun. Don't worry about it. End quote. Oh, and, and, and it's really lovely. How gracious yeah, of uh, him. Bert, Burton Gilliam was, was interviewed quite a lot because this was his big film that he yeah. was in whenever they did stuff for this. Yeah. And he talks about, yeah, he found using the N-word as much as that character did really hard. Yeah. And he, it, and like, he, he got it, but he, he found it in the moment so hard to do. And he felt very ashamed of it, but at the same time understanding why they were using it. And, uh, yeah, There's a lot of, um, I know that because I work with, uh, our First Nations theatre companies a mm. fair bit in, in Australia yep. and it is very interesting coming into a space as a Wadula, which is Noongar for white person mm-hmm. um, because a lot of the time in in First Nations pieces you are the person who, who is, is oppressing yeah. people um, and there is such a beautiful support that is put around you because it is not nice to no. be the to be coming in and but also to characters. know that you are playing that person because this is Th- that's a real constant thing. and this it happens all the exists, time yeah. Mm. yeah so there's like this this your brain goes into two spaces where you're like oh my god this is what people are up against daily yeah, yeah. horrific and mm. also okay i have to manifest that and become that with people I love and respect and yeah. care for dearly. So mm. that's such a, it's actually a really beautiful story on both sides because yeah. I've somewhat experienced that just mm. in my mm-hmm. theater Dif- experiences, different context, yeah, d- different context yeah. but just going, yeah, that's, um, it, it is really 
hard to hear yourself, even if you are embodying a character. Yeah. Yeah. Say saying those horrible these things, things when yeah. they're so against what you believe. Mm. Um, Cleavon Little was not a super experienced screen actor when he came to film Blazing Saddles. He's he's a Broadway actor. Mm. Um, and That's he, why he's got that beautiful voice. Yeah. yeah. He, he and Gene Wilder quickly became friends on set because they're Cleavon Little and Gene Wilder, two of the most likable people in the world. Of course they became friends. <laughs> um, but because of this background, Wilder spent a lot of the film process uh, giving him pointers for how to act in front of cameras. Oh, great. That's so, cute. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, just guiding him through that. Uh Slightly less nice, Mel Brooks had repeated conflicts over uh, the content of the film with Warner Brothers executives. They objected to the constant use of the uh, Mm. N-word, again, which is understandable, but at the same time, a a, a pretty necessary part of the film considering the subject matter. Um, The scene of Lily von Stupp's seducing Bart in the dark, the the flatulence campfire scene. But um, it was dark! And Mongo punching the horse. They they were... (laughs) They were scenes they didn't like. Brooks, whose contract gave him final content control, declined to make any changes. Um, oh, sorry, any substantial changes. There was a change, and I, I'm, I find it so sad that this change was made. He did agree to remove the final line in Bart and Lily's seduction yep. scene, yep. where I she goes, "It's true, it's true, it's true." Bart, uh. Bart was going to follow up by saying, "I hate to disappoint you, ma'am, but you're sucking my arm." That's what I. Th- it looked. It sounded like the setup for a joke. Yeah. Yeah. And then nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mel agreed to cut it, and he has said in later things, he's like, "I wish I hadn't cut that joke." Yeah. Um, when asked about late, sorry, blah, blah, blah. do you know what it? Yeah. It actually, yeah, because that's where it does substan. It it does substantiate a myth, yeah. a, a, a not a very pleasant and an objectifying myth for, yeah. um, you know, men of color. So. Yeah. It kind of needed the arm. It did need the arm joke. Joke to um, make it not be a little. Bleh. Yeah, but I can also understand Mel agreeing to cut smaller things to keep the big yes, things. Yes. Um, when later asked about his frequent use of the N word in the script, Brooks said he received constant support from uh, people involved creatively on the film who were black, including Richard Pryor and mm. Cleavon Little. Um, he added that if the film were to be remade today, the controversial w- word would have to be admitted, and then you'd have no movie, is what he says. Yeah. Um, after the film's release, he said he received many letters of complaint about the frequent N word references, but, quote, of course, most of them were from white people, yeah. end quote. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. Uh, production began uh, with Gig Young playing the role of Jim the Waco Kid. It wasn't Gene Wilder originally. Oh. On the first day of shooting the scene when the drunk Waco Kid hangs from a bunk, um, Young was actually, in fact, drunk. Uh, Gig Young had a had an alcohol problem for many years um, and proceeded to undergo a physical collapse on set. According to Mel Brooks, quote, on the first day of shooting, we hung him upside down in the jail cell and green stuff started spewing out of his mouth, end oh, quote. Oh, gosh. Young's agent tried to defend him by explaining that he was a recovering alcoholic, with Brooks <laughs> responding that he hadn't actually recovered yet. <laughs> Brooks shut down production for a day and flew Gene Wilder across the country to take over the role. Gig Young would sue Warner Brothers for breach of contract uh, for being kicked off the film. But you spewed green. Yeah. Upside down. Upside down, Miss Jane. Mm-hmm. For the desert shoot, Slim Pickens stayed on the location in his RV and would sit out in front of it in the evenings with a with a campfire going and his Winchester rifle. 
Slim Pickens lived as much as a cowboy as he could during the film. Awesome. So he was like the the precursor to like Sean Bean and friggin' Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, or Leonardo Lord DiCaprio Rings. and the Revenant. Oh, no. <laughs> except it's except it's Slim Pickens in an RV. <laughs> it's, it's it's slightly less noble when you think of it that way. Um, when Mel Brooks advertised in the show business trade papers for a Frankie Lane type voice to sing the film's title song, he was hoping for an imitator, but got Frankie Lane. <laughs> That's so good. Well, that's, I guess that's me. And uh, Frankie Lane uh, indeed did not know that it was a parody, um, but didn't take offense at th- upon discovering that it was meant to be a parody um, because he liked the film when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, Mel had never told him that the theme song was uh, for a comedy. Lane thought it was actually for a dramatic Western. <laughs> so. Wow. So beautiful. Yeah. It, it just, it makes mm. me think like hearing these stories about, I don't know. I think about, you know, when um, Marlon Brando won the Best Actor mm. Oscar yep. and um, had the the representative for Native American women that yes. she got mm. up and... Yes. Um, it makes me think of like, you know, we're talking about how whitewashed and how uh, awful the world was because John Wayne wanted to punch that woman. He mm. was, they were holding him back. Mm. He was going to punch her. Mm. And I th- I'm like, well, if you've got super racist white privileged people in those roles yep as well like it's it's I just mean, always going to be like that we still do yeah yeah we do yeah we still but then do it makes it even more of a point yeah. for mel brooks to put a gun to the western's head and mm. pull that trigger because yeah. because it was yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was an issue there's an issue with the culture and the mm. studio system yeah just, and their main yeah. star is so kind of deep in that mm. that he would punch a woman um, who's peacefully protesting mm. uh, her the you know the destruction of her land. Like, mm. it, it, yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to get that political, but I just ha- it just no, hit no, me no. in the head when you said that because you've got this beautiful man who is synonymous with uh, with westerns with his music mm. and you know with his voice, and he's like, well, I like the film, mm. and you go, oh, that says a lot because yeah. I can imagine. John Wayne probably didn't enjoy this one seeing, so much. or maybe not seeing it, but you know, wanting to punch Mel Brooks after this film. Yeah, as, and, and and it's also the fact that like the you stuff ruined that, everything. A, a, a lot of the things that the studio wanted to cut was like, oh, you can't have farting in these films. Yeah, you can have black people being exploited. And yeah, be, you know, you can have women getting slapped in the face, yeah. and you can have but, but farting something yeah. everybody does. Yeah, but don't call them the n word, but treat them really badly. Yeah, like it, yeah. you know, it's like it, it's such a weird yeah. line of um, to make the, help themselves sleep better at night. Yeah, and to earn their millions of dollars. I do like to think of the Warner Brothers executives going to bed, going, "Well, at least nobody farted in, in a film today." <laughs> The world premiere for this film was at the Pickwick Drive-In Cinema in Burbank, California. The guests rode horses into the drive-in for the premiere. Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, horses would have got spooked yeah. straight away. And finally, during a speech honouring Mel Brooks as a Kennedy Center honoree, former US President Barack Obama mentioned going to see this film at the age of 12. When Brooks asked how he got in with the ratings restriction, Obama replied, I think I had a fake ID that I got with my fake birth certificate, he said. (laughs) He then added that the statute of limitations had passed, so he was probably fine. (laughs) Icon. Yeah. Oh, that's very funny. Wonderful. So uh, that brings us to the end of this review and the scores. 
Tegan. Yeah. It was your first time watching Blazing yeah. Saddles. What score would you give it out of 10? Uh, look, you're going to have to... Yeah, it has to be a 10. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. when you put the piece together... You know, I think about this film. We watched The Brood last week. Yeah. And I, I, I think about that and it's same sort of... It feels the same sort of era. Mm. Um, same sort of dryness. But this one hits... Hits it. It's so that good. one didn't. This yeah. one. This one is high concept. Yeah. High comedy. Mm. Everything is. It's like that's ticked. That's ticked. That's ticked. That's ticked. So it is essentially the perfect film. Even the. Even the. The uh, photography and yeah, the cinematography mm. is amazing. Yeah, everything is just stunning. Yeah. So it's going to be this. Is my my other favorite moment in the in there. Um, it's going to be ten blast. Tax out of ten. <laughs> Meet me in my dressing womb. <laughs> the boas tax and the way he said. Yeah. Meet just, me in the my dressing womb. <laughs> After so the show. In Gene Wilder's little spit. Actually, that maybe that's my favorite moment is mm. meet me in my dressing room because mm. I, I did laugh out loud yeah. quite you, loudly. You, you lost it. It was yeah. great. <laughs> okay, Doctor Allen, uh, what score would you give Blazing Saddles out of ten? Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with the same. I'm going to go 10 pink Playboy Bunny sequin glitter sparkle suits. Because yeah. <laughs> it does look like a Hugh Hefner so Playboy Bunny. Yeah. yeah, it's just oh. amazing. Like, yeah. what a figure. Oh, my God. Yeah, 10 of those out of 10. I, 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 it, it, it's like we were talking about with that um, YouTube clip where they're saying, like, you couldn't make Blazing Saddles now. It's not that you couldn't. It's that you wouldn't. Mm. And that's you because don't need to. you don't need to because Blazing Saddles already exists. Yeah. And also the sort and of thing. And for the, any yeah. issues that it has yeah. in terms of like, I, I think there would definitely be people who would watch this and be like, no, this is heinous and it should be banned and, you know, it should be cancelled. It should be whatever. Hmm. Sure. Absolutely. Like if that's how you feel about this film, having watched the whole thing, that is absolutely legitimate. Yeah. But yeah. also... I just think it's brilliant, and mm. and and the way that they deal with those themes is so brilliantly done. I think the I think the the, the good and the commentary and how it has been put together far outweighs the other stuff. Like, I've well, you can't of, just be outraged by the words in it because that, yeah. that is part of the issue. That is exactly. part of the problem. Mm. It's there for a reason. Yeah, it's it, not gratuitous. Yeah. The problem no. with the N-word isn't the combination of those six letters. It's no. what it represents. Exactly. The same yeah. six letters, as Tim Minchin pointed out, can be used to spell the word ginger. ginger. Yeah. Um, and yet we Legend. we don't have the same hang-ups on the word ginger as we do the N-word. Yeah. To the point where none of us have said the N-word during this thing because no. it's such a word that we know what it represents. We know what it is so loaded into that word that we just won't ever say it. Yeah. Unless we're hired to be in a Tarantino film. And I think that's very unlikely for the three of us. Certainly for you, Tegan. Um, <laughs> so we know your thoughts what? on Quentin. Only his new ones. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is, is that, yeah, what, what, what those words represent. It's contextual. It, 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 they're contextual. there for a reason. Yeah. They're yeah. not there for like, oh, shock value. Yeah, I mean, yeah I, they're not. Yeah. I mean, well, they're going to have shock value have because shock of the value. word, but it is not just for the sake of shock value. No, yeah. it's not and just I, there for shits I think and giggles. even as three white people... I do feel it might be okay to say that I could be wrong because I am, and that would be the education point for us. But that's our perspective yes. as where we're coming from. And, you know, there but are... But you've got a Jewish yeah. man whose all of his comedies have some element of, I want to, 
ridicule persecution the racism mm. of, yes and like yeah so knowing his political standpoint and this film reeks of that this film yeah. is just someone who is openly saying we need to make fun of persecution racists and bigots yes and because that cuts them down to shreds yeah yeah you, you ruin their credibility and their ideas yes. are no longer because credible. you can ridicule it yeah that that's the part i yeah. think like i love the about Ku him the Klux most. Klan having have a nice have day a, with yeah. a little smiley face yeah. on yeah. the back like just making a mockery out of them absolutely the mm. and and there are there's just enough moments of um of, ge- of genuine sweetness because of the earnestness of the characters yes. where you you do sit back um, as someone who hasn't experienced that sort of persecution, yeah. you do sit back and go, oh, I can feel how that hit. That hit different. Yeah. That hit different. And then it's followed up with a joke and then the people who are mm. the ones doing the shitty stuff are, persecu- are, are ridiculed. Yeah. And you go... And you're like, these guys are idiots. Right. Mm. They're not persecuted. They're ridiculed. Yeah, they are. And they see that as persecution. It's like if you're comparing mm. that to the way that you are persecuting these people... Yeah. That is the problem. That is one of the biggest problems with this world. This it's a, it's a, still a highly relevant text. It has to be a hugely because of the relevance hugely. of the text. Fifty years on, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it, remarkable. Yeah, a little um, depressing. Yeah, that yeah. it's still that relevant, mm. but very important. Mm. And I think that's what you sort of get to with people who are younger as well, who are watching it. Is they're like, okay, I don't like the use of slurs. But I also understand why they're in there. Yeah. And like, you know, I don't like the fact that there's basically only one lead female character who really has anything to do. Yeah. But I also understand why it's like that. Mm. And I'm scared. That's why. And, and, and it's worth watching. Absolutely. It's important to watch. And I'm scared that we yeah. will lose that, the ability to make those social commentaries nowadays. Mm. Um, I mean, maybe it fair, is that we don't need to, but. Yeah. But it would. Or, or, or they'd be made in a different way now. Yeah. yeah. And again. It was. It, it's a very subversive film, even today. It was yeah. extremely subversive when it came out. Yeah. But a uh, contemporary subversion, subversion in the 2020s, is different from the 70s. But, you, but look at yeah. your your main protagonist mm. is an incredibly beautiful, well-rounded, comical character yeah. that is played by a man, a, a, an African American man. Yeah. And he is treated with such respect, and that's what you. Yeah. That's really important. That's like Night of the Living Dead, you know, where yeah. you've got you've got that yeah. same same thing. It was still so rare to see that the seventies or just early late late sixties was the first time you saw a, a white woman and a black man kiss in a film. Like mm. it's right I mean, around that time. The first interracial kiss on television is Star Trek. Shatner. Yeah, Shatner, and she's an alien. Yeah, but she's no, 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 with with, with Uhura. Oh, was she with, not with Michelle Nichols? Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was. Such, I, I mean, he kissed a lot of aliens. Yeah. He kissed a lot of alien ladies. I thought she ladies. was a different... No, they... Uh, see, well, that makes it even better. I haven't seen not. the episode, but I know that they were in some fun space costumes. And yeah. I know that he deliberately messed up all the other takes. So that, yeah. So that they had to Because they, they the had one. to film some takes that were um, not them kissing because it was too controversial. And yep. Shatner Kept m- messed up all of those yeah. takes. The On only purpose. take they yeah. could use was the kiss. It's just... Yeah. It's part of the history of the progression... Hmm the slow grinding progression yeah. of yep, yep. Um, supporting uh, diversity in, yeah. in, in Hollywood and film. And in Hollywood, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and I... It's so important. I think it's just such an important text. Yeah. Mm. It's so important. Yeah. And if you, can, if you can get past that first 
10, 20 minutes and get past the shock of the, oh my God, like some of these yeah. words they're using, oh my goodness. I'm yeah. going to say, this might be inflammatory, Jesus. but I'm going to say, if you are outraged by that first 10 minutes, you've got to take a look at yourself. Mm. You can be uncomfortable with it. Yeah. I think that's fine. Mm. But if you're outraged by the words, then you're not reading into the context. You've yeah, got to you look a little to... deeper than that mm. because yeah. you've got, that. that is undermining the beauty of the, of the character's mm. um, not the not the rednecks, not the yeehaw cowboys, but yeah. you've got an entire cast there of beautiful people who are um, not being uh, supported or uh, looked on for their talent and their integrity and their beauty in that yeah. scene. If you don't, if you get outraged by the use of those words, yeah, and yeah. then just go, oh no, well we have yeah. to stop watching. You're re-empowering yeah. those words as opposed yeah. to disempowering them, which is what this film I think is it's partly trying, trying to, to do. do. Yeah. Um, for me, um, I was never not going to give this 10 out of 10. But, we, we, <laughs> but, but, but the thing is, is like, I, I did try to look at it with fresh eyes. It's very hard when it's something that I, I yeah. watch and I look forward to. But I think everything that you've said rings quite true to me. I mm. think it is just so perfectly balanced from what its concept is to executing that concept. Um, it, it it does things which I look at in my 2024 vision and I go, yeah, yeah probably wouldn't do that if I was Mel Brooks. But guess what? I'm not Mel Brooks. And nobody, also, no, it's no, not 1973, yeah. 1974 anymore. And also, yeah. and also, nobody else is but who Mel Brooks is, who those people were that <laughs> yeah. worked on this. And for me, I think, it, oh God, it's, yeah, I, I think it is his best film. Like, for, for, I think like, it is. And there's a few to pick from. Yeah. But, but for me personally, I think it is the film that balances the comedy that he honed mm. and did so well, but with the serious sentimentality. The, the social commentary. Multiple, multiple important social commentaries running at the same time. They're yeah. beautifully balanced. And also, and this is the most important thing, I don't think there's a scene where you don't smile or laugh. No, not at all. It's, it's very there, There's funny. no duds. And it, it highlights the yeah. importance of comedy in social commentary. Yeah. yeah. Which I... Again, I get scared mm. that we're losing. Yeah. Mm. If, if I mean, I, it's hard to do though. Yeah. yeah. I was I was about like, to say this it, is an amazing um, piece yeah. of yeah. film. Yeah. Yeah. But I, like, what a perfect storm of amazing stuff all just kind of piled in together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was about to say <laughs> if, but but it is a when when Mel Brooks passes, which yeah. I mean, at time of recording, he's still knocking around. How and old is he? He's like 97. He'll be 98 this year if he's. He's sick. in amazing condition yeah. too. He's he, still he just scooted. got given an honorary Academy Award a couple of weeks ago. That's right. And he gave a three-minute speech. It's so funny. Where he talked about he was so upset, but the reason he was upset is because he claimed to have sold his first Oscar, and that <laughs> he went, "I should have never sold it." Like it was, <laughs> it's it was brilliant. It's it was very, very funny. funny. Um, you know, when when Mel Brooks does go. I think the main reason I will be sad is because of this film. Mm. Uh, he's, you know, and, and again, it's it's not just him. It is such a wonderful ensemble work. So many great things. So many wonderful things. You know, you, so you, many great actors, and like you said, so yeah. many of them have passed away. Like yeah. Gene Wilder. And yeah, and the thing Clean is, is like Madeline Kahn, like they're yeah. all gone. Pretty much everyone from this film is remembered for stuff other than this film. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, they're remembered for you know, being in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or for being in Clue or, you know, all the various things that they did, the Carol Burnett show and those sorts of things. Mm. But this film is just such a great example of their talents and yeah. of the talents mm. of the people that made these films, of the writer's room, just, just so many wonderful things that happen. 
and it's let's go critical media literacy yeah like, let's, yeah let's, and let's do it it is great and, yeah. and most importantly it's very very funny it's yes, extremely very, very funny. funny so i'm gonna give it 10 well that's the end of this suits out of 10 <laughs> I would also like to give it uh, 10 as an alternate. Um, I'd like to give it 10 almost certain Academy Award nominations for Best Supporting Actor. I was going to... Out of 10. Yes, I was going to say that mm. as now, well. But um, I couldn't get past Boss Tux. Yes. Boss Tux. Now, Harvey Corman didn't receive a nomination for Best Supporting Actor. Aww. But Madeline Kahn did receive an, a nomination for Best Supporting Actress for this film. Good oh, on so her. Good. Yeah, so didn't win. She but, just makes it effortless. Yeah. Yeah. I just look at him like... It's so hard to do yeah. that, and you look so effortless when and, you do it. And just think about how many actors have been nominated for comedy roles. Yeah, for not, yeah. not many. Yeah, not many. Yeah, yeah. Not many. And this, that, that's again, Madeline Kahn. What a babe! Everyone in this film, what a babe! So They're great. just the best. Um, so, great. so yeah, that brings everyone us... go and watch Madeline Kahn on Sesame Street because mm. it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then go so... and watch her sing "Not Getting Married Today." Yes, and then watch so the Muppet movie. And then watch the Muppet movie. And then watch Clue. Oh, watch, just watch everything. Yeah. Flames on the side of my face. <laughs> The nails, darling, not the nails. I've just had them done. Yes. <laughs> not the hair, not the lips. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that brings us to the end of this very special episode. Um, rest in peace, Carl Weathers. Uh, oh, Carl yeah. Weathers, I, I, son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, we, we met, we, the next couple of uh, episodes are actually a bit pre-planned, so we may not get to a Carl Weathers special for a little bit, but... Um, but yeah, was uh, we're thinking of you, Carl. Yeah. And yeah, hopefully we'll get to one a little later in the year. Uh, but that is all for this week. So uh, Baroness Tegan and yes. Dr. Ellen. Yes. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Cinema Catch Up. Thanks for having me on this one. I've been waiting for you to do this one for years. Oh, so have I. So have I. Yes. He's, he wanted to do it for his birthday film about three or four times, and it's just never quite eventuated. Yeah. So when been... he was like, "We're doing it," I was like, "Yes," because yeah. I know he's been waiting to do it. It's just an excuse to watch one of my favourite films. So, yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, that does bring us to the end of the episode. Uh, we do have various ways you can get in touch with us through Facebook. You can leave us messages there and also like the page for news and updates. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club there. Um, we are on Patreon. You can get in touch with us there. Go to patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast. For as little as a dollar a month. Give him uh, more than that. You get bonus uh, content. In fact, there is a brand new episode of the Cutting Room Floor podcast, which will be going Ooh. up shortly uh so if you want to find out what all that's about is it just um subscribe waiting for rob woods to pick a sandra bullock film it is not uh we're not quite up to <laughs> up to just the like quizzes yet no. 60 minutes of silence this of most recent to... <laughs> this most recent episode is actually um to show you how big the backlog is um when we came out of lockdown from covid in 2020 so get out it is mo- yeah because uh, i've been a little bit slack in releasing the cutting room floor episodes uh, but we are finally into the year 2021 in our catch-up episodes. <laughs> so if you want to hear some of them uh, and want to oh, hear... Oh, lucky you had nine months of nothing with the strike then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look I, I, look, I admit I've dropped the ball a little bit on that one. But we, the great thing is, is we're having a baby. And there will be bonus Yeah, but con- you weren't having a baby for the last... <laughs> no, no, no. I've, I've started doing it now, Tegan. Okay, I've started okay. doing it. The episodes are being edited. So when we go on our little baby break, uh, the patrons will get content that uh, non-patrons won't. So if you're desperate to hear stuff 
that I cut out of episodes mostly because I thought sucked. it was yeah, it didn't wasn't good enough. <laughs> you want the boring bits. If you want the off cuts, the non sequiturs, uh, just all of us saying swear yeah. words. <laughs> oh, trust, yeah, it's full of that. You dropped the C bomb in this one, actually. Did I? Yeah. When? We 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 in this uh, off cuts episode. What? Which, we, we, which film? Goodfellas. Oh yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it is fine, but geez, that's a long time. Yeah, ago. I told you. I've been catching up. Um, but the point is, all of that all of that is available on Patreon. And finally, subscribe. iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. However you listen to podcasts, you can find us there for new episodes. Nude to, episodes. I used to say each and every week. Um, but because of the strike, I now feel like I can't say that. Uh, yeah, go on. Most weeks. Yeah, most weeks when there's not a strike or a baby happening. That's, <laughs> that's the way we're going to go. Uh, but that is I've all. I've been on so much. I'm just going to take over. I've decided. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Mm. Sorry, Mike, Michael deGrasse's impression's better. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. much better. Yeah. Well, he can just do the impression and then... Murray I'll... does a good impression of Stephen doing this one as well. Actually, yes. yeah. Yeah, the point is, is you, you won't Mine know. sucks. You won't know when I'm gone because... Be Someone else will do it. Excellent impressions. <laughs> uh, but that is all for this week. So until next time, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. Never mind that shit. Here comes Mongo. <laughs> the cows. The cows. We didn't talk about the cows. What do you want to say about the cows? They're in They're, they're in the cinema. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're in the bar. They're in the bar. Oh, in that's the a running gag. I just, yeah. I love it. A stampeding it. gag. A stampeding gag. gag. Yeah. Yeah. So many good running gags. <laughs> Rule of three series that. We're just going to keep using them for as, mm. as many times as we want because so it's funny. Good. Nowhere special. I always wanted to go there. <laughs> it's the last act of a desperate man. I don't care if it's the first act of Henry V. <laughs> 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 <laughs>